Hello everyone, my name is Elise and with Evie I am the co-host of the Femina podcast in which we start conversations, break taboos and laugh. Our goal is not to only show a refreshing perspective but to also make sure that you'll feel more empowered and assured after listening to this podcast than you did before. In this episode, Afi and I talk about our personal experiences in the modeling world. Our conversation includes topics such as eating disorders, depression and anxiety. If you are triggered by any of the following topics, we advise you to discontinue listening to this week's episode as a caution to your own mental health. If you are seeking help regarding your own safety and mental health, we advise you to seek help from a trusted friend or partner or your nearest available helpline. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we hope you enjoy. Just a PSA, guys. I really apologize for the audio in this recording. Um, Avi and I were using a new system and it seemed to have like kind of meshed our conversation together so when one person is talking the other one has to be silent so I really apologize for that but everything else is understandable so it should be fine okay enjoy okay so we are are live that's great oh wait wait I noticed that my chair is making a lot of noise so I'm switching chairs okay yeah much better okay um well welcome everyone in this episode Elise and I will be talking about the fashion industry working in it and how like bodies are being treated and judged and how we started thinking about our own bodies while working as a model I guess that's right right that's about yeah, it and how how we were shaped through Modeling because we yeah because we both did yeah. it well I'm I'm still quite active in it and mm-hmm. APS dips in and out I'm but retired. we've been doing it for <laughs> yeah we've been doing it for for many years so mm-hmm. and especially through puberty as well so it had a lot of a big impact on how we view ourselves and health and um yeah like we kind of have the inside view really. Yeah, I think it's I think this one is very interesting because a lot of people who aren't active in the modeling industry do gain insecurities like from it because they're kind of comparing themselves to the person on the picture whereas we oh, kind of were the person on the picture and yeah and we also got a lot of issues from it. <laughs> yeah. Who do, you, who do you think has it worse? Um I think the one who is not in the picture because there's a lot to say for both sides uh but i think that because i have seen my own pictures being edited and i have seen my friends looking like they were someone else on the yeah. photo uh compared yeah. to what they really look to in real life i mean they're beautiful but on like let's say a high fashion photo or very commercial photo like you will not look like yourself uh and mm-hmm. because i think that i know that that has been done to my face and to the face of people that i know i know that the girls on the pictures they don't really look like that um so it's kind of like i mean i still like when i see like a beautiful picture i'm like oh i wish i looked like that but then two seconds later i'm like oh but wait probably she doesn't look like that either um so yeah for sure that really helps um and I also think that because there is someone else constantly judging you like on the shape of your body that 
Like for me, it was never, I never lost weight because I thought that I was too fat. It was because my agent was measuring my butt and he was like, oh my God, this will never fit in the clothes. Um, So I think that that is, I don't know, like maybe I would have even gotten more, have gotten more issues if I would just like be on TikTok and, and read Vogue 24 seven. So yeah. What do you think? Yeah. No, I definitely think that, um, I mean, either way, our society has kind of been shaped around that everyone is made to feel, um, you know, ugly and mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. seen in a negative light, like body image and all that type. To figure out who has it worse, I think that's what we're going to figure out now, hey. I think there is a lot to say for both sides and it's also like how you deal with it like on an individual level and where you come from, yeah. your environment and everything. Uh, yeah, because some people have the best experiences ever. While being a model? But they seem to be, yeah, but they seem to be very short-lived. Like they did something when they were a <laughs> child, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hardly, like for me personally, I do know some models who earn a very good living and who do like cover shoots and who who work pretty well uh yeah active but i don't know anyone who hasn't uh ever dealt with some kind of an obsession with their bodies and food and exercising and like they all have insecurities so like what you said like they have they have good experiences i mean like they they get good jobs but i don't know like if the experience is really that good yeah the expectations are definitely out of whack like you think that I mean, if you look at the uh, supermodels on Instagram, like Bella Hadid, like she, mm-hmm. she, oh, she posted a burger. She really just eats anything she wants, and she's always glowing. Her makeup is always perfect. Like she always has the best clothes. She's always yeah. doing something, but in reality, she's probably on her phone a lot. She has a lot of work to do on her phone. She's probably yeah. alone a lot because she has to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, she's probably tired a lot. Uh, it doesn't yeah. get much time to eat because she's so busy, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like you don't really realize because I know from experience that when I have a busy day and I have mm-hmm. shoots or castings, I forget to eat because yeah. like you're running yeah. here and there, and also get. But like for me, I would never get time to eat. It wasn't like something yeah. you could decide for myself. It was just like you're not eating. Like if you want to eat, like eat at night or something, but not now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the expectations is just, they're not true. <laughs> and also no. when you like really think about how, oh, they must have had so much fun on a shoot. It really depends Those on who's not- on that shoot. Yeah. Like I've had shoots that have been so much fun because like, everyone gets along really well there's music going and like everyone's really comfortable and everyone like everyone knows they have a role but then there's other times when it's you're made you made to feel really uncomfortable or you're really bored or you feel like there's like favoritism which happens a lot Mm -hmm. um and (laughs) yeah and sometimes it can just be awkward you know but it also depends on how like the like how you as a model adapt because yeah. you kind of just have to make make yourself workable anywhere. Yeah, and I I do also think that 
like how like fun it's going to be is also very depending on shoots because I used to do like high fashion kind of shoots and like for me yeah that's I there is hardly a like super fun shoot that I can remember whereas uh, last year I think I did a couple bikini shoots on the beach and at waterfalls and in the mountains and that was just awesome the vibe was was great um but yeah that that didn't like pay super well like I only got a little <laughs> a little bit yeah um so yeah so yeah my favorite is definitely location shoots because I know it's just always nice to be outside but I also mm-hmm. love shoots that you have uh, like I mean I do a lot of collaborations so I love having creative control and mm-hmm. especially if I'm shooting like if I have a, a co-model with me like I love when the model like gives me tips on like oh just relax your hand here like and then like we come up with ideas for each other mm-hmm. I love creative control when it comes to movement mm-hmm. um, angles and makeup I love the dramatics those yeah. are my favorite yeah so it's always like when I'm seen as a creative like yeah, worker. I think that usually as a model you have no input at all yeah you have no input you're like you're an attribute attribute in someone else's idea so they're like stand there and put, put your arm like this and then like maybe yeah. like if you are super famous uh and the, sh- the whole shit is about you let's say you're Kendall Jenner for example then obviously it is about you but yeah exactly. like when you're especially when you're only starting out then you're just a face or a body um you're a coat hanger yeah that's yeah so savage but that's the truth yeah <laughs> you're literally a coat hanger you're just there to, to you're there to sell whatever there. it is it's not yeah. about you <laughs> Um, yeah. brings us to the next question I think uh, like why are model sizes so small I don't know I, I've heard the excuses that I've heard just seem so silly you call it an excuse and obviously it is but like a lot of people they see it as a reason so tell us yeah, 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 yeah definitely <laughs> the main reason that I hear is because it costs less to make the sample sizing because you can't like to and it's also less time consuming so when uh, a a line is made um, for a show they only make it in one size so they don't have to use more fabric and use more time or money to make more sizes Mm -hmm. so it's just like more efficient for the for the line for the um, Mm -hmm. brand in european sizes it's a 34 or 32 but in us it's like a six I do have a lot of model friends who fit in those clothes. You may have friends, a lot of friends who do fit those sizes, yes. but they make up a very, very, very small percentage of the people who are actually buying those clothes. Nobody who buys it has, I mean, like some people, but like not a lot well, yeah. of people. Uh, and also like they have to put their whole life um, in, like they have to change their whole life in order to like, be able to maintain that size they try to eat healthy foods mostly but they don't eat a lot and they exercise a ton and they walk for hours every day is this the models that you're talking about yeah the models yeah yeah there's really big difference between the one people who get to a a body shape that they know that they can get to healthily with Mm -hmm. um food and exercise and um environment but the the bigger majority is 
people who get get to that shape unhealthily because yeah. it's unrealistic for them and yeah. they get there through you know eating disorders and unhealthy habits and um drug and al- drugs and alcohol and all that type of stuff which is such a shame for me like I did lose like at some point I did have to get to I think hip size 87 87 86 maybe which is for me it was just underweight so um I even though I could still eat like um let's say 1300 calories a day so like I don't think that anyone was really noticing that I like didn't eat because if you eat only vegetables and lean meats or fish or whatever you can still like eat meals uh but I did lose my period for yeah a while so I decided immediately that that wasn't something that I was going to do for a longer period of time (laughs) letting everyone know that losing your period is a negative sign towards your health Mm -hmm. it's not a good thing you don't want that to happen yeah it's not necessarily like the blood that comes out of your body like is the indicator it's losing your menstruation like your cycle Mm -hmm. of like ovulation and everything to do with that if that is like disappears then it's your best like your we recommend you go to the doctor or a natural the effect on your body is just huge i mean like for bone density like vitamins minerals brain function uh muscles uh just everything it's just uh, everything just too big to be worth it I mean like mm-hmm. you'll be happy with a couple centimeters extra on your body I mean it's not happiness is not going to be found there <laughs> tell me about your story on that um so I have never actually gone to like a lower a lower size because I physically cannot like I'm I'm a big girl like like lengthwise I'm a very I'm a tall person I'm six foot one that's mm-hmm. 184 centimeters Mm-hmm. Um, I have wide hips because I'm a woman. That happens a lot with women. Mm-hmm. Um, I have broad shoulders because I'm mm-hmm. tall. I'm Dutch. Um, I was bred to play basketball. I was bred to play a hockey. You know, I'm mm-hmm. um, suited for the cold, so I store fat on my body well to mm-hmm. keep me warm. Um, and yeah, so I've never like my waist is small, but mm-hmm. um, I gain muscle really easily. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 built I'm I'm a built woman. To others, I look like a stick insect, mm-hmm. but I am like I'm really I'm I just to toot my horn a bit. I'm a strong woman. I have um a lot of muscle on my body, and that counts a lot. Like I so I think I weigh uh I, I weigh seventy kilos. Okay, which is a lot of a lot more than a lot of men that I know. And that's frightening to them, but that's a lot of muscle that I have. I don't like. I don't know a lot of men who who weigh uh, less than that. Like I know only men really? who weigh more. Yeah, like maybe Dutch men are just taller. That could be, <laughs> or maybe I only know <laughs> muscular men. You kind of live. Yeah, you live in a in an area that <laughs> yeah. a lot of taller men. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I've been made to feel like I'm very manly shaped in the modeling industry but I've I've known from the start that I will never be able to get down to 
a size six because that's absolutely impossible for my legs mm-hmm. one because my legs are really long my mm-hmm. hips are a bit wider um you know my thighs are a bit bigger and then they go down to these really skinny ankles like that's just how my legs work mm-hmm. um but also just the thing with you know losing weight off your hips is so so stupid because and especially your lower core and I know this from from my job as well like women have uh, most women have a little pouch that sits like right below your belly button um and above your like your crutch and mm-hmm. that's called like that's called the um like the baby pouch because it mm-hmm. insulates the uterus and mm-hmm. it's biologically meant to be there and to a lot of women that's seen as fat like you got to get rid of it mm-hmm. um and you see people like Emily Ratatowski on Instagram and she's yeah. like so like if you like if you you'll notice if you look she doesn't have that mm-hmm. and like I've even myself I've looked at that and gone oh I need to get rid of this little bump because like when I wear a, a tight dress mm-hmm. I turn to the side and it's straight down there's like a little bump at the at my on my stomach mm-hmm. and I'm like oh like I need to get rid of that I look so fat mm-hmm. and I, I I'm like why, why do I think that that I, that's meant to be there that's there to protect my organs mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> my, my really important organs that make like you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Um, and with hips as well, like they're also their structure, especially for women, is so we can, you know, birth children, have mm-hmm. periods, um, and they protect our organs. And also, like, there's a lot of bone around your hips. There's your spine, there's your coccyx, there's your hips, there's your femur, like, there's a joint, there's joints in there. There's a lot going on there. And to like losing weight off your hips. I mean, especially like for models, like it doesn't make sense to me because it's like, how can like it's bone? I mean, it's hard. It's really hard to lose pieces of your hip, so you need to lose it up your butt, (laughs) right? So you have to be like super, super skinny and very flat, and then you'll be Mm -hmm. able to fit in the sizes, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like even at my skinniest, where I can say that I was really really skinny um maybe if we make a blog about this i can add the picture so everyone can see that i was very fucking tiny uh yeah. <laughs> like i still sometimes could not fit in the sizing in the in the sample sizes that yeah. I had um like and still people were telling me like maybe lose a little bit more like off your uh hips or then if it were my hips and if were my shoulders it were too wide for mm-hmm for whatever thing that I had to wear um so yeah I think that I mean like modeling definitely gave me things or areas on my body that I like I never noticed them before but then like what yeah. it told me like I could not unsee it uh, yeah for sure and like for you like you said you could you knew that you were never going to be able to fit in the sizes like for me it was the opposite I was like you know I have this body that can fit in the sizes so like if Mm. I'm not fitting in then it's my fault it's all my fault Uh, yeah because like I know that if I get skinny enough then I'll fit in like it's not going to be healthy uh but I'll fit in (laughs) so 
like there are friends that I know that also like they told me like it's not possible for me and I was I always was kind of jealous because then like when you know that it's not possible then you don't have to try so hard yeah I guess you could see it that way (laughs) um but then it's also like there is good and bad sides for everything obviously Uh, but I know like I remember thinking that um I don't know if it's true because maybe you're going to punish yourself for not being able to fit in a size. It could also be. Um, so yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good that we have two perspectives on it. Definitely. I mean, well, I mean, I started modeling at a very good agency in Sydney mm-hmm. um, called Pastillas. Um, I started there when I was, I think I had just turned 14 mm-hmm. um, and I was, Scouted by a man near where I lived, mm-hmm. um, and he asked to take photos. And I was like, "Oh no, stranger danger!" Um, mm-hmm. But then I looked up his name and found out who he worked for, mm-hmm. um, and gave the agency a call. And they said, "Wow, we've been waiting for you. Come in and meet." Mm-hmm. And um, wow. it was all very exciting, and all happened very fast. Mm-hmm. And so I spent what's that, fourteen till eight? I spent four years. Mm-hmm. Um, in their development program going to missing a lot of school that's the thing people don't realize how much school you miss like I spent my last year of school my attendance was so bad because I would go to I'd go to like period one and then I would get a bus to the city go to a couple classings go back to school go to more classes and then go back to more classings and go home like I miss so much school and a lot of the time especially in fashion week time you're going to like a, like some people go to 11 castings a day I never did that but that's like the extent you can go to like 11 castings for uh-huh. Sydney Fashion Week and you can get none of the jobs and that happened a lot for me uh-huh. because I was going to all these high fashion shoots where I was the biggest girl mm-hmm. at the casting and people go what no way you're the, you weren't the biggest girl if you put all those girls in a room I would stand out to be the biggest because mm-hmm. I was Mm-hmm. Um, not not only just height wise because um, that's another thing. Like my agents would lie about my measurements on my um, oh, no. portfolio, my cards, because they too. knew that I was too tall and too big. Mm-hmm. So then when I would go to a casting and then I'd have to try on clothing, it was so embarrassing because they never fit. Mm-hmm. And I would know. I would go to put this on. I go, this is not going to fit over my boobs. It's not going to fit over my butt. But mm-hmm. the people who are at the casting think it will because they think I I'm the size that I mm-hmm. that, they, that it says on my card, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. But they lied. Um, and still, even with height, like I'm I'm six one, and the cutoff is usually six eleven for girls, or six ten is like the tallest for girls, and that's like mm-hmm. what a hundred and seventy something. I'm yeah. not too sure. Um, maybe that's also a difference in Europe and Australia because I do know some girls quite a lot that are like 180, 181. Um, so for me, I like maybe maybe it's a continent thing that girls are taller. I don't here. think it is though because um, after I when I moved to Holland, so mm-hmm. just finishing off my time with with my agency here, yeah. pretty much I modeled. I was in their development program for four years or nearly four years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I did work like yeah. an intern. So I did that for a week. You know, I was fully involved in the world. Like I was so excited. Like I may have not been as successful as others, but I was so persistent. Like I wanted to 
be I wanted to be like I just had big goals I was like this is what I want to do I want to be a supermodel I want to change the world I don't just want to be a model for clothes and money Mm -hmm. and blah blah blah. but I want to do it to change perspectives Mm -hmm. and you know like be a role model model. yeah yeah when I turned 18 I um received an email um and also this whole time they had been going like yes like Elise this is like you've you 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 look like you're like you're gonna make this much money like you're gonna be so good blah blah blah. um there was one point when I think I was like 17 or 16 when they went yes you were ready for it like you're you're so ready now and like really hyped me up for this whole time I was with them and then when I turned 18 I received an email saying they no longer wanted me anymore um Ah, and then not only did they say that to me um they also said that to my sister and my sister's absolutely gorgeous. She's, she looks more Vogue than I do. I look more Barbie doll, baby face. She's more Vogue. Um, but they like, they, um, let her out too. Um, which wow. annoyed me so much. I, they, they didn't give us, they didn't give us an excuse. Like they had, there was no reason. Um, so that, that destroyed me. Cause I was like, what I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I was, I had big, big expectations, um, and then I was kind of like, "Hey, no, this is this. I got to do something about it." So I remade my whole book. I caught up with a lot of like my photography friends. I did a lot of like um, communication on Instagram to try and find some photographers, and I remade my whole entire book mm-hmm. and went to every agency in Sydney saying I've been with Priscilla's for this many years like I'm looking for a new place like mm-hmm. can I meet up and I got no's I either like didn't get any answers or I got no's from a lot of people mm-hmm. um and during that time actually my sister got re- recruited re-recruited mm-hmm. by Priscilla's after she posted a photo on Instagram they texted her and were like well wow, you're looking so beautiful come back to the office mm-hmm. and so pretty much she went back to went back to an ex um so I redid my book and I went to every agency in Sydney I got either no answer or I got no's um Mm -hmm. which hurt but then I kind of was like okay I need to adapt to this so obviously maybe I'm just not the look for this like for this area but also maybe this season or this this like year so I'm so I was like hey I'm I'm probably I'm just not the look for this season or this area or this year so I need to adapt so then it kind of the very random idea came to me that I should move to Holland buy a one-way ticket Mm -hmm. um and was searching for an agency there and I did Mm -hmm. and that was hard because I was there by myself um I had family as support Mm -hmm. because I have a lot of family over there but also I was just like getting a lot of no's like I've the modeling industry has been like I have gotten the most no's in my whole entire life from the modeling industry like it really just punches you in the face every time like mm-hmm. you, until you just become numb like I'm so numb to it now I'm just like hey you're yeah at some point I was numb. like maybe I will go there but I will just already assume that they won't want me because then it won't yeah you know I do that too I always think it's gonna be a no mm-hmm. I'm always just like it's, it's not gonna happen until that one time when it's like yes and you're like wait what and no. then even then I have this weird thing that when there's a I have an audition or a casting or a job for something mm-hmm. I'm like too scared to tell anyone about it 
until like I've received the money yeah it's like until I've received the money because Mm -hmm. I'm so scared that I'm gonna jinx myself by telling someone and then they'll go no we don't want you because the thing with the thing with modeling is that they can tell you that they don't want you for the job at any point it could be that time between getting the job and going to the actual job and they could just go actually no we don't want you Mm -hmm. I could be I remember the first time that happened to me I think I was 16 and I landed a job for um, a show. uh, Yeah. A show with um, Maya, which is like this big um, retail store in Australia. And I was so excited. It was my first runway job. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe I got it. I went to the fitting, I went to the fitting and everything. Um, And it was the day before the show. And I received a call from my agent and she said, I'm so sorry but they just they don't want you for the show anymore you don't suit their line and like for me because I was my first runway job mm-hmm. it just were hard oh my gosh mm-hmm. broke my heart I was like I'm not good enough for ever, anyone like I'm I'm fat I'm ugly blah 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 mm-hmm. and the thing is it's, it's not a personal thing when they tell you they don't want you it's just purely because my my look like my the way I look did not suit their clothes which is fair mm-hmm. enough yeah, because that's it is because I mean, like they're going to choose models based on their face, like just a yeah, the, yeah, just like kind of what stands out. I mean, now I'm more aware of that, but mm-hmm. then when I was 16, that was absolutely heartbreaking. I yeah. cried for months, like no, not months. <laughs> I cried for weeks for a um, couple of days, and actually, <laughs> that actually was. Um, I think that was the turning point that um, put me into a really dark place because I um, started to take after um, bulimic tendencies. Mm. Um, I would like, I started making myself throw up. I've never diagnosed, but I just went into a really dark place after that exact moment. And Mm -hmm. that was really shit. We can go into that later, but yeah. But now I'm with an agency in Holland that, after blood, sweat, and tears, I finally found. Mm-hmm. And when I met with them, I told them, I am not changing my body for anyone. I am all about health and happiness. Um, you're going to take me for me. Like, like that's, I'm, this is me. Like, mm-hmm. you got to be uh, real with me. And I'm not taking any bullshit. Like, I, you know what I mean? I was just like, I'm very, very straightforward. And I'm pretty happy. Like, even though I've been sent home, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the, to the time where I get to go back and continue working with them because yeah they're awesome so and I'm feeling very at peace with that people that I know like who were or are signed with uh, mixed models they're they're all creative so it's like yeah it's like they also like want people who can do more than be just a face somehow yeah because and that's also a big thing as well because um I went through a, a phase where I was like I I just don't want to be I don't want to be seen as a coat hanger. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not just a pretty face. I have a lot to say, I have a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted an agency that like really th- like we're going to thrive on that. Mm-hmm. And then I also thought about um beauty pageants because a lot of beauty pageants, I mean to like to be a Miss Universe or a Miss mm-hmm. Australia or a Miss Holland, you need to be you need to be like a, an example of like a, an amazing person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to like have class, you have taste, you need to be kind and all of this. 
Um, but you also need to be exciting. And mm-hmm. even there's a lot of there's a lot of bad views on the on the on the pageant world, mm-hmm. um, which are, of course there's a lot of um, eating disorders and mm-hmm. like just unhealthy habits in yeah. in that as well. Similar to modeling, but it just it's pretty much exactly the same as modeling. It just adds the the personality part of it. Uh, I wanted to talk about diet culture, like in modeling and yeah. kind of girls judging each other more like yeah. culture between models uh, because I listened to this podcast um, it's a Dutch podcast uh, but it was about what it's like to be fat and there were two women talking about what it's like to be fat um, and they were like they were I think that they were kind of bigger than the most plus size models so in in size yeah like i don't know exactly yeah. what size but they did have to deal with a lot of judgment from society uh from family from just basically from everyone um which is is i don't know i have no words there's i just want to add that there is never a need to judge someone on what they eat or don't eat like if you're really concerned then just take them just speak to them personally if you really know them and if it's like from good intentions but no need to judge ever um yeah so yeah at the end of the day mind your own business yeah if you are like unless you're their doctor or their little literal best friend or you mm-hmm. see that they are down and they do some do with some cheering up mind your business I mean like not why are you eating or not eating I mean it makes no sense it makes just no sense okay but (laughs) a lot of things that they discussed uh they like I recognized it because I also experienced similar things in the modeling industry either from my agent or from the photographer or from the stylist or from other models so yeah. for example if you're eating but you're not fitting the sizes they're like why are you eating and you're like because i'm really hungry and i haven't eaten in two days so i'm eating like this salad and i need it because otherwise i will just faint um uh, awful but <laughs> i i'm like this whole diet culture that we have in society is nothing compared to what we have like in the fashion industry uh like from my experience uh yeah and i do also see it on tv so let's say for example like america's next top model or holland's next top model it's like they they film it and they they produce it and they kind of they show it so i'm like it's not something that's a secret it's normal or it's even good behavior to help someone with their diet or whatever like I don't know yeah behind that is um so yeah do you have like because I never experienced something similar in society like no one ever told me that I'm too fat to eat this or that I'm like whatever um but I did experience it in the modeling industry and for me I did kind of like project like what the models and agents were thinking to all other people that I would meet so let's say yeah because you've been put into that mindset yeah of what's what's 
like what's hot what's not and Mm -hmm. when you go to normal people like if you if you were to say today that someone like someone told you that you would fat that you were fat to some if someone hang on let me rephrase that yeah if you were to say to someone who has never been in the modeling industry Mm -hmm. that someone told you earlier that you were fat Mm -hmm. they would go what What? are you mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. and even though fat has been given such a negative connotation even though mm-hmm. if fat is literally just a describing word it's not even yeah. a, it shouldn't be negative that is just yeah. a describing word completely agree um but that person would go hang on what in the world are you talking about because mm-hmm. they're just the modeling industry has given you such un like impossible expectations mm-hmm. and like very unrealistic views on what is hot and what is not yeah. and so you adapt those and you turn into like you turn turn into someone who judges and you know critiques and you know it's mm-hmm. like you really adapt that negative kind of view um or like really just like it's very clicky a very clicky type of view you know like you're only allowed in the elite group if you are this and this and yeah that's what yeah. I, I was kind of like what do you mean but now I get it like yeah I think that's what the whole fashion industry is about not just modeling but also for designers and for, for photographers and for whatever um exactly yeah <laughs> and I, I think that's hard to comprehend when you're not a part of it or you're not working in it um Definitely for myself, I can say that I never made it to like the elite, elite group because that would be like Tommy Hilfiger and then Gigi Hadid, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, yeah. and because we all have this example of, okay, so those are the cool guys. Um, you'll never make it probably like there is only a very small percentage of people who actually get there. Um, yeah, who actually, you know, they they leave an, a mark. Yeah, I mean, they they leave an imprint. But because if you think about it, there's seven billion people on in on this earth mm-hmm. around, and there's yeah. some very high number is on Instagram. Think about how many Instagram models we have, how many influence influencers, how mm-hmm. many, you know, um, high end fashion models we have. Like pretty much, like everyone's a model these days. Yeah, and like I mean for me the ultimate goal is just to be to to make change and make leave my mark and be remembered in a way it's kind of like a very sad craft mm-hmm. but in reality that's like that's impossible because like you're just you're only impacting your small your very small portion of the world that you live in unless you're in that very extremely elite group mm-hmm. that you have to win a lotto you have to win the DNA lotto to be in yeah definitely and you also have to have a lot of yeah. people that you meet uh, yeah which is changing a little bit and it is um especially especially in certain countries like you know the u.s has been quite quite surprising in the inclusivity of you know colors mm-hmm. and shapes and um forms and all this types of stuff and um which I love the <laughs> Netherlands is so behind I did not expect it to be so behind honestly like I didn't expect to be just like I was when I was looking for an agency over yeah. there I was really put, a, put against very traditional it's um very... beauty standards yeah like the 
the um when you sign up to like have a meeting with a an agency mm-hmm. you can only be within these measurements like you yeah. uh, if you were over this measurement then it's like a big no yeah they won't even consider you that like, we just unless you're in these measurements then we might look at you um yeah. which I was really surprised yeah. about <laughs> yeah Thailand is a very progressive country yeah, but not in the modeling industry. I think because we're famous, like those agencies that we have, they're owned by old people. And those old people, they made some models famous. And those models were all very tiny. Uh, and it's all like, obviously, it was a different kind of yeah. era. And there were different wants and different needs and everything. Uh, but there isn't yeah. so I mean, like uh if you do you know like the girl she's named Luna Bell she has I think the most Vogue covers for uh, someone who is only a model like not an actress or or something else. really yeah but she never made it she couldn't make it here in the Netherlands so she almost quit but then she found an agency somewhere abroad and they really liked her honestly like the best advice you could give to someone who is struggling in their own hometown to find an agency and they really want to make it mm-hmm. move somewhere else find find that country that will go yes you are for us because there, yeah. there will be one yeah, maybe like England, for example. Like if you're in the Netherlands and then England is pretty close. Uh, same yeah. story with how do you even Asia? Yeah, Asia we... is an amazing place to go because even their their beauty standards are very different. Asia, if they... oh, yeah. If you want to make make money yeah. somewhere, go there. <laughs> Everyone, um, <laughs> I me in the modeling industry, I'm considered plus size. I'm put in the plus size section. Yeah. In in Europe so far, I don't know about Australia, but in Europe I am considered plus size. What size um, are you? I fit in. I I'm a size eight. Eight, which is um, size, I'm a size are... eight on my top and a size ten on my bottoms because of my height. Which is like European thirty eight. Thirty. Uh, uh, I'm not too sure. I think a lot of that is due to my height. I would mm-hmm. say. But yeah, it's crazy that like honestly, this plus size shouldn't even be a thing. It should just be if you want to be a model, be a model, be a good person, be an influencer for people, positive influence. Like when you think about it, yeah. it's crazy because you're a model. I mean, like you wear clothes and you smile or you look angry, yeah, whatever, on a picture. Um, you just wear a different size, um, of clothes because you represent a different group of women, um. And they call plus size. And the thing is, like, majority of yeah. buyers are... Yeah, I like, just wanted to say, like, why aren't, like, EU 32-sized models, why aren't they, like, mini-sized? Like, why is it... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because majority... Yeah, it's... Well, it's all due to sample sizing, but majority of... It's all backwards because majority of the world is... Mm-hmm quote-unquote plus size yeah um which is actually a normal size Mm -hmm. um because that's that's just yeah and then uh the majority of the modeling world which are considered normal size are Mm -hmm. actually like mini size (laughs) yeah yeah exactly completely agree okay next question is is wait wait um how did we try to manage our mental health when like within and without kind of the modeling industry. So for me, like I can definitely say that I'm not as active uh, 
as I used to be. And for you, I don't know. Uh, but how did as you, in, as active as uh, in like with the amount of jobs uh, that you're having, as active in the modeling industry as I used to be? That's what I mean. Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> how did you manage your mental health? Oh, okay. Um, honestly, I didn't even manage my mental health. I probably <laughs> didn't even know that there was something going on with my mental health. Um, I. I'm a very, like, I slip into depressions um, and then come out and then go back in and come back out. Um, and I just, yeah, uh, I think exercise has been a big thing for me because I, I exercise every day, um, mm -hmm. well, m nearly every day. Um, and, it, like, it's a, it's just something that I do. It's as easy as breathing for me. Um, and if I, I don't think if I, I've always been doing it my whole life. I've been a dancer, I've always been doing sports. And then I became quite um, active in the gym. And I think if I didn't have that, um, I know that if I have a week off the gym, I go absolutely nuts. I go mm -hmm. crazy. So I know that if I didn't have that, yeah, I definitely, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I would have managed my health. I don't. I don't know. That's a good question because I think because I started so young, I just thought everything was normal. I would do what I was told, um, and not to complain and you know be happy that you're pretty and mm -hmm. don't complain about this, don't complain about that. And so didn't really think there was anything to manage. And mm -hmm. especially when I went through my period of time where I was making myself throw up yeah I think um, I think my friends were the best through that because did you tell um, someone? they helped did I tell someone yeah um I told my best friend and my mom okay um and my best friend was the one who helped me out of it um I think I, I think I it was because I compared myself a lot mm -hmm. to people especially my sister because My sister and I are very different, but um, she's beautiful in different ways than to I'm on, on how I'm beautiful. Like we're very different in that. Um, so I compared myself a lot to her, and it hurt. And I think that's where a lot of it came from. And I think I honestly, it's that time in my life is such a blur because school is also crazy. So I think my my best friend really helped me out of that to mm. kind of just realize. Uh, I have I it's not just my my shell my body that makes me me there's a lot mm -hmm. in my head that makes me me and I am capable of much more than just like looking good on camera and mm -hmm. I yeah and but obviously that doesn't fix the problem entirely it just I, I think that's what got me out of the dip mm -hmm. um, and I've had problems since since then um, but it's been especially since I've been home um and in quarantine I was kind of made to because I you have to stay in, like we I was made to stay inside and mm -hmm. I was alone and um you know just ate to fill my stomach and um mm -hmm. had fun you know exercising at home that I kind of really learned to love myself in a way mm -hmm. obviously there were other mental issues that happened being alone and in quarantine and being taken away from the country I wanted to live in but when it comes to self-love 
I think I thrived the most this year. Oh, and Femina was a massive contributor to that. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like Femina really changed my view on life um, and myself. So thanks. <laughs> I think when I was still modeling, I.、Um... I I never managed. I I always thought that mental health was someone for for people like kind of for the weaker people, kind of for like yeah, you know.、Uh, but I was like, no, mental health like it's not me. Like I'm strong. I I got everything. So obviously I wasn't managing.、Um, but I can definitely agree that working out did did help me.、Uh, it really like it gave me such a Base.、Uh, it also the people that I met at the gym, like it made me so happy. Mo- just moving my body, it it helped so much.、Um, like during that time, and、mm. I I think I always knew, but I especially noticed when I couldn't, like when I got very sick, I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't like leave my house、uh, on a good day. I mean, like on a day where I could. Get out of bed. I couldn't walk the stairs, so、um, there was n- like I didn't move. Like I was never able to move、uh, a lot, which is when、yeah. I noticed that there.、Um, then basically, physical health is like when that's all like so bad. The mental health is all that remains. So you're kind of like pushed to. I like. I needed to focus on that because my physical health、yeah. just. I just didn't have physical health,、um, so I think that really lured me a lot about myself, about mental health, spiritual health.、Um, I started doing. I don't know. I, I honestly I don't know like what the exact order was,、um, but I just started to be much more con- conscious and. Like obviously, I tried a lot of stuff like journaling and gratitude list and all those <laughs> stuff.、Uh, but I think, yeah, like I don't do those things anymore because right now it's much more integrated in my life.、Um, sometimes I like I always take like I started, for example, with meditating.、Um, But I noticed that, and someone that I like follow, she's called Sasha Korba, Kor Cobra. I don't know Sasha, and <laughs> she like she made a video about how women they shouldn't like sit still when they meditate because that that comes from a very masculine energy, but they should move around a little bit, and I think that that definitely helped me. Uh, a lot. That's so interesting. Wait,、yeah. can you explain that? Okay, so she she kind of explains how women, like the female feminine energy, is、um, is more like it's so fluid. It's like water, whereas masculine masculine energy is more still, more like wood, for example. Uh, and she's、right. like, if you kind of as a woman, if you push yourself into sitting still, like all male teachers tell you to do, then you're still not able to connect with your inner self because you're yeah you're not like letting the feminine energy flow. And I think that 
that really helped me to kind of connect more like I mean in the meditation obviously but also more in my life to be more yeah. connected with myself with the flow because like a lot of uh sometimes I try to be creative and I try to just sit still and work till it's done which is not a place where creativity comes from um so I think understanding that has been a major contribution kind of to my mental health um it also made me realize that in this world a lot of things are just made for men um which is not which is not a bad thing but if you look at diet and exercise and working hours and the way we basically our whole system is based on how the male body works i mean most scientific research is done on men um and obviously men and uh, women they're all human but our bodies just don't yeah the same like it's there's definitely yeah there's so there's so much difference um if you really want to support yourself and be able to express yourself fully um then sometimes what you're online guru or even doctor tells you is not specifically right for you as a female human being (laughs) um yeah everyone everyone is so extremely different it's crazy yeah so I think kind of realizing all that also kind of gave me permission or I kind of gave myself permission to be more in tune with myself because I was like, okay, they're telling me this, but maybe that information comes from a research done on male participants, so it's not even applicable to me. Uh, and that yeah. kind of like had kind of like a domino effect in my life, uh, leading towards where I am now. <laughs> and I'm not having it all figured out, but I'm definitely much more able to allow myself to listen to my own body and my own needs um so yeah that's a huge thing for my mental health and physical health and happiness yeah and everything <laughs> yeah you've really like you've really aimed to try and get a grasp on holistic health yeah definitely yeah which I, I love what would you tell your younger self? okay so for me uh, I would tell my younger self that um that okay so there is a lot of stuff but basically it all comes down to that I am allowed to just feel what I feel and do what I think um is needed for me to be the best version of myself kind of which may sound as a cliche but I think that I would tell myself that I am kind of right that I am allowed to trust myself and what my body tells me uh yeah I like I I'm always finding fighting kind of um and trying to like do something else or do something like eat less exercise more work harder work harder sleep later wake up earlier or like whatever um where I kind of know what I should do uh so I would have told my younger self that it's okay to just do what I think is best 
first thing that came to my mind was I would tell myself to get that piercing I wanted, mm-hmm. cut my hair, <laughs> like cut my hair short, get bangs, dye it, do whatever I want. Like at the end of the day, hair grows back. You can take a piercing out. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think I had a lot of trouble because I was in, I was like a very strict ballet dancer my whole mm-hmm. life and then I did modeling and I was always told like I had to have long hair can all like I was all my my appearance was very controlled I couldn't mm-hmm. have crazy piercings I couldn't have tattoos or dyed hair mm-hmm. um and modeling I went straight from like when I I was always a dancer but then I also had modeling which was similar like I was always told like they they always had some kind of control over my appearance well, a lot of control over my appearance. And I think for me, that really stunted my self-development um, mm-hmm. and self-love for myself because I felt like I always had to do what other people told me. Um, and because I had such a structured life um, mm-hmm. and I was in a ve- I was in very different, I was in very disciplined um, hobbies or like mm-hmm. outside of school. School is disciplined, but then I was also in dance, which is mm-hmm. in ballet, which is very disciplined. Mm-hmm. And then um, you have to be disciplined for modeling to succeed, apparently. Um, so I was always controlled of mm-hmm. my appearance. And I think especially this year, honestly, I wanted to cut bangs for the longest time. Like since I was 15, I've always wanted bangs, but I've mm-hmm. always been too scared to do it because I didn't want to upset anyone. Cutting bangs is nothing. You're like, are you serious? Like you cut your bangs. Like that's the easiest thing ever. <laughs> but that was massive for me because I had done something out of my like my pure choice and it was like there was n- like there was nothing was going to be impacted and um I got more piercings and I like kind of I did stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do because of dance or or modeling when I was younger I like I just did it because like so I very I've definitely come into my own style and how I want to look I've had more control of how I want to look mm-hmm. which for me is a big thing I think it's a, a good one to end, right? It's, yeah, for sure. Okay, so thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Um, thanks for coming, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it, I hope uh, I hope that you all like kind of got a good insight to just just two gals and their experiences with the modeling industry. Yeah, two very different but also similar experiences mm-hmm. in also two very separate parts of the world. Yeah, um, and I hope that just kind of brings some um, perspective. What do you call it? a mi- perspective and also middle ground for people? So people kind of know we want to normalize these things. Like we don't want we don't want to normalize them in the sense like they're normal, they're good to happen. But we want to make sure people know that this stuff happens and mm-hmm. um, everyone everyone feels this way. Yeah. Yeah. No, completely agree. I think it's a great way um, to just make everything a little bit clearer. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.